Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Finger guns. (laughs) Hey. Everybody, welcome to the Friday Habit. And today, Ben and I have the honor of having Jacob McMillan on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Jacob. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, so glad uh, that uh, you wanted to spend your Friday with us. (laughs) And uh, hey, for those of you who are listening, uh, Jacob McMillan is a copywriter with five consecutive years of six-figure freelancing and is the number one Google search ranking for copywriter. Um, With entire industries going under and millions of people out of jobs they never liked in the first place, Jacob McMillan is on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs discover the pandemic-proof skill of copywriting and learn how to trade in their freelance side hustle games for a real, reliable business model. So if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what's going to get you excited. That's right. Woo-hoo. So, Jacob, <laughs> you know, we've never met. Where, where are you right now? Are you in Atlanta, New York, L.A.? I'm, uh, I'm down in San Diego. I moved here about three months ago. It was okay. one of those uh, quarantine change your life decisions. Just yep. had to get out of uh, NorCal where I was before. And, you know, life's too short not to enjoy good weather, man. So uh, here I am. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's what um, are you from California then? Did you grow up? grew up in California? Yeah, originally from the Bay Area. Okay. Uh, my family moved out to the Atlanta area when I was, you know, uh, still in high school, um, did college there. Then immediately, as soon as I could, came back out to the West Coast, loved the West Coast, um, and uh, was up in NorCal again for a few years, um, and now down in uh, Southern California in San Diego. Awesome. Um, now, why San Diego? I mean, why didn't you go to, like, Florida or... <laughs> Austin or someplace like that. Yeah, so I absolutely cannot survive humidity of any okay. sort. Um, <laughs> complete wimp when it comes to uh, heat and moisture in the air at the same time. Uh, so um, fortunately, my wife was from the San Diego area, so she okay. has a lot of you know family and friends here. It was an easy sell to get us back down here. Uh, so you know, trying to enjoy the warm weather with keeping it relatively dry, and not a, not a whole lot of places you can do that, you know, in the U.S. at least. Oh, that's true. Uh, well, hey, we like to to start off the show with a, a conversation question, uh, and so we have these conversation cards here that I'm going to randomly pick a card from, yes. and then and then ask you uh, whatever is on this card. So I love that it could be a would you rather or an open ended question. So let's see here. All right. Would you rather lose your pinky toes or lose your pinky fingers? <laughs> ben, you got to answer this one too. <laughs> I'm thinking. Don't pinky toes help with balance or something? Uh, yeah, I feel like would you be falling over constantly? <laughs> I mean, do you do you need pinky fingers? Are those I mean, just vestigial? Do you really need those? Yeah, that's true. You could pick up a lot of things. You could still eat. As long as you have your thumbs, you're you're pretty golden. 
I've been I've been trying to figure out what would be harder, like running without pinky toes or like shooting a basketball without a pinky finger. And oh, I man. think I have pretty good balance, so I think I could afford to lose like you know twenty percent <laughs> of my uh, of my foot digits and still be able yeah. to stay upright. So I'm gonna go with the pinky toes. You know, and the other thing about the pinky toes too is that you can hide those in socks. You know, like. Okay. <laughs> You know, if, if you're missing your fingers, it's going to always be like an awkward conversation of like, hey, what happened to your pinky fingers? Oh, and then I was it's on like, this podcast and there's a would you rather and exactly. that's how I lost them. You know, or you could always have some sort of good story like, ah, I was in debt to the mob and, you know, they took my fingers and... You just write a new story for each time. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. You just have a few in your back pocket. Ah, I was trying to get away from this gerbil and it like bit me and... <laughs> Not the gerbil. <laughs> Those poor nice. gerbils. So, but uh, so so Jacob, tell me a little bit about uh, you know you you said you grew up and you said Atlanta and then moved back to California. So when did you? Well, tell me about your journey as far as like you you, you graduate high school and then you decide like I'm going to go to college or I'm going to go to trade school. I mean, just pick us up from that yeah. and then to you know, your journey into becoming an entrepreneur and, and, and coaching other uh, freelancers? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely grew up with the mentality that, you know, you like college is just like the natural next step, you know? Um, so, you know, I did that without thinking, just, you know, trying to find a school that wasn't going to put me in too deep a debt. I ended up going to the University of Georgia. Um, it was great at the time. They had a pretty good state scholarship system. So like, you know, if you had decent grades, you could get a lot of your tuition paid for. So uh, went to UGA, um, was, you know, had to pick a major and was kind of thinking like, shoot, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the major that limits my opportunities the least? Because I have no clue what I want to do. Um, kind of landed on, on the accounting program. Thought, hey, like, what, what could I possibly do where like, at least knowing some basic accounting wouldn't be beneficial to me. Right. Um, plus I'm like kind of competitive and that was supposed to be the hardest major in the business <laughs> school. So I was just like, I'm just going to do it just to be like, <laughs> you're like, we had to do lots of calculations again. It was like ready, set, calculate. And <laughs> very competitive. I know how those accountants are. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I did that. Uh, the only thing I knew for sure when I graduated was that I did not want to be an accountant. So, um, you know, great decision. Uh, the, the the nice thing was I had ended up doing sort of, this is kind of its own crazy story, but I ended up doing door-to-door sales one summer. Um, you know, got the pitch, kind of knew like this, this is pretty insane. Literally everything yeah. they're telling me in this pitch is insane, but the averages <laughs> of what people make they're quoting me are you know, sound pretty nice. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's either that or I go guarantee I make a fraction of that, you know, working hourly somewhere. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I, I've always been like, just got a, enough of a narcissist in me to roll the dice on myself, you know? So I was like, I'll just yeah. take a shot, see if I can actually get some of these numbers they're throwing out there. And wait, so what, 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 what were you selling? Were you selling like bug spray or? So uh, it was, it was these like educational handbooks, textbooks. I don't know okay. if you've ever had someone. Yeah. You're, you're that guy. <laughs> I was yeah. that guy. I was 100% that guy. And listen, like, um, I kind of, I kind of grew up in a little bit of like a, a culty environment. So like, uh, you Hey, know, you're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
100%. So when, when I get brainwashed, I get brainwashed good, man. So like I was I was taking the cold showers at six in the morning. I was knocking on doors eight to nine thirty at night. Like every little bit that they told me, I just went all in, did it. Nice. Uh, ended up paying for like three years worth of school in one summer. Oh, um, wow. So at the end of the day, it ended, it ended up working for me. But I knew at the end of the summer, like you couldn't you couldn't pay me twice this to go do this again. You know, like, right. You know, yeah. There's a lot of it that I I absolutely hated, but I kind of enjoyed the core the core process of selling. Like mm-hmm. we're having a conversation. I'm listening to you talk to me about your needs and challenges. And then I'm just connecting, you know, this thing that I perceive to be very valuable and helpful. I'm connecting it to your needs. Um, and so I liked that part. Um, I didn't know if that was going to apply to anything, uh, but out of, out of school, I sort of started digging into like websites and SEO and online marketing, um, and ended up taking like a, an entry level job doing some like hourly SEO work for this two person local company. Hmm. Um, and I, I sort of realized after, you know, a few weeks, like most of what they were doing sort of hinged on writing. Um, and writing had always been something that just came easy to me. Um, I was a, you know, very avid reader growing up. Um, and so, you know, just being able to turn thoughts into words just came easy. And so with SEO, I started realizing, Hey, like these guys are ordering, you know, 20 to 40 articles a week from these like online, you know, uh, content meal, content mills. Um, if they pay me basically what they're paying them and I can do like two articles an hour, like I'm, I'm making triple minimum wage. Like to me, that was, Hey, we're rolling in the right. dough at that point. Um, yeah. so I, I pitched them on that and that was kind of my first freelance writing gig, so to speak. Um, and about a year later I discovered the word copywriting, uh, and realized, Hey, this is, this is just like asynchronous sales, right? It's like, it's exactly the, the sales process we're going through. And only now, instead of like, having the benefit of being able to listen to someone and have them tell me their needs. I just kind of need to do a little more legwork to figure out what those are ahead of time. But we sort of already did that in that sales job anyway, because, you know, we like we already kind of knew what the, the parents issues were going to be that we were going to that we were going to hit on. So, right. so I, I realized pretty quickly like this, that was kind of going to be the career for me. It combined, you know, a natural talent that I had plus this sales process that I enjoyed. And I realized like, literally anyone making a dollar online was using copywriting. Like right. there's almost no customer journey online that doesn't include some form of copywriting. So it's was like, Hey, like this is, this is a good long-term career. Um, and yeah, that, uh, that turned into, you know, about eight years of freelancing. Um, and now, so didn't you, did you graduate college then? Yeah. So, so me discovering that all came after graduating. Um, okay. I graduated. I was still like, I was still a little in that culty upbringing. So I started yeah. going and doing, a, I went to this like part-time unaccredited ministry school okay. <laughs> thinking I was going to be a pastor the rest of my life. Now, um, are we talking like Mormonism? Are we saying you went on a two-year mission or no, are we talking no, like legalistic I, fundamentalist <laughs> Baptist? <laughs> so I don't know if you're familiar with like Pentecostalism at all. It's oh a, yeah. It's a yep. yeah, branch of Christianity. So it was kind of, I was sort of in a, a, a specific uh, cult offshoot of Pentecostalism. Yeah. Um, okay. And like I said, I, I was fully brainwashed. I, I was, I was in deep, you know? Oh yeah. Um, you're so, slain with the Holy spirit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> On the daily. <laughs> uh, 
so so anyway, so uh, I needed something to kind of you know pay the bills part time while I was doing that, and that's what got that's what, where I discovered online marketing, and and it was I had built like a like a basically like a Christian men's blog that was like okay. my little immediate form of ministry at the time, and that's yep. what uh, I was looking to market that, and that kind of got me into it. Um, and then by the time I by the time I had started to really discover copywriting, I was sort of seeing this as a potential potentially different career path that I might be interested in. Um, and then within the next year or two, I had sort of started to deconstruct out of the out of the cult I was in. And so, uh, you know, at that point, I just ran with full time with marketing. Ironically, like Pentecostals treat their uh, you know, or at least the branch I was in, they treated Christianity like marketing in general anyway. So yeah, <laughs> it yeah. wasn't a huge leap to to go from that environment to just, yeah. you know, now we're selling something else. It's just, you know, sure. not, not religion. Ben, were you, was, was the sect you were in Pentecostal too? Uh, parts of it. Yeah. I mean, I okay. was kind of, I was all over the place, but yes, you're not alone, <laughs> Jacob. You're, you're not alone. I love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you, hey, listen, you got to go back to the episode, uh, where it's we discussed like last episode, yeah, it's or like maybe two the ago. last two episodes ago. Yeah. We we go through Ben's whole story about yeah. Jewish yes. cult dancing and like all sorts of awesome stuff. So, um, oh, I'm yeah. so excited! <laughs> I know. I'm like, we just need to have a whole separate podcast. Just start a new podcast and talk to you yeah, about. We've about talked that. about it. Like yeah, maybe like you know, like spirituality, spiritual cosmonauts, or something like that. You know, yes. where we could talk about all sorts of interesting. <laughs> journeys of people. Yeah, interesting backgrounds and yeah we're we're both very fascinated by belief and stuff like that um and and all that but anyways yeah <laughs> anyways so copywriting yeah so copywriting hey yeah so i have a question i mean during this time like h- how are you making money you know if you're writing a blog i mean were you just working at chick-fil-a and um or were you raising support i mean h- how are you making money as you were kind of developing your skills and, and yeah uh, so i i and moved out Right after graduating, like, you know, like I worked at Starbucks over the summer, then moved out to California to go to this school. Um, as soon as I moved, I started looking for jobs and found this, um, found that SEO company, okay. the local one, two people. Yeah. So they hired me on just doing hourly stuff. Um, and uh, and then I upsold them on this, like me doing all the writing that they were outsourcing to these content mills. So then I had sort of like, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week doing their like link building stuff. Okay. On top of like, you know, things like anywhere from 20 to 40 articles a week that they're paying me like, you know, 12 to 15 a pop on. So like that was enough to get me through for like the first year. Um, yeah. And then they started having me do guest blogging. Um, and I had one person that I had pitched an unpaid guest post to in my mind. I was like, this is just, you know, I just want the link. Uh, they're going to my guy's going to pay me for the link. Um and they they came back to me and they're like, hey, we love this article. Uh, you can bill us at the standard rate of 120 bucks. You're like, like, wait a second, that's a lot more than fifteen dollars. A lot more than fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So that was like that was the first time where I realized, oh, like there's actually a demand for the content from the publishers. Like it's not just marketers looking for links. Like there's actually people want the content and they're using it to build their businesses. Um, and so I just, I really ran with that, um, you know, and, and so I was at that point I was pitching, uh, you know, pitching paid gigs for blog posts, doing that on a freelance basis. I found that like, you know, if you did a good job for different editors, a lot of times they knew a lot of people who are looking for writers too. So you'd get a lot of referrals and things like that. Um, 
And then, you know, once I discovered sort of the copywriting side, like more of the sales, the sales copy type stuff, um, then I started finding, hey, there's all this demand from small businesses, mid-sized businesses, businesses evolving, pivoting, who all need website copy. Um, and so I started, you know, doing that as well. And so those are kind of the two pieces that I did primarily, even through the next, the full next, you know, eight years. It was a couple years into it that I, I sort of really dug in deep and started trying to learn SEO um, and really understand SEO. And, and when I did that, then I started discovering, hey, I, like some of these long form posts, I got these like small clients paying me pennies and we're outranking these like eight, nine figure businesses who I know this is one of their top keyword targets. And at that right. point, like after having that happen with a few clients in a row, I was like, I really need to pivot to like focus really specifically on this as a service, uh, you know, some of these like nationally competitive terms. Um, and so that kind of started to take on, you know, the direction of my career during those last of the eight years. And then I finally just got to a point where I was like, wait a second, like people have been paying me to do stuff, this stuff for their businesses for the last eight years. They're clearly making more money on it, on it than I'm, they're paying me or they wouldn't be paying me. Why right. don't I start looking to do this for my businesses? And so the last two years have mostly been me kind of building and or buying and building, you know, a little portfolio of sites uh, of my own. Hmm. Nice. So during that eight years, I mean, when you were writing and, 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 you know, creating content, doing SEO and stuff like that, I mean, were you making a, a, a good enough lemon to a living to, you know, buy macaroni and cheese and, and top ramen and stuff like that? And you yeah. were just kind of content and you, you decided you're not going to get your CPA and you're just going to kind of be a freelancer and have that flexibility and, and, and all that. Yeah, so it really coincided with that school I was going to, which was about a three, it was a three year thing. Um, and so I did it part time for three years. By the end of the third year is when I really started to conclude, this is kind of BS. I'm not going to be going like, you know, just in time to finish the program, right? You know, as, <laughs> yeah. as, with, as with everything in my life, <laughs> figure out you don't want to do it by yeah. the time you graduate, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so at that point, I mean, I, I think I'd probably been averaging, like by that third year, I was probably averaging like, um, I don't know, maybe like three, 4K a month. And this is working okay. like 20, 25 yeah. hours a week. That's um, a great living. So yeah, so I mean, like I, I knew at that point, like this, this is legit, I can really do this for keeps, so to speak. Um, so after that, the next year, that fourth year was my first year where I was full time. Um, and I was able to do about 80K that year. And then the next year, I think that went up to like 120 to 150. It's hard to remember, like yeah. one of those numbers is revenue, one's net profit. Um, and then the third, the third year, I think it was like, 240 revenue and like 210, 220 net profit. Um, so it it's like jumped up pretty quick. And I sort of figured at that point that um, that 300K would probably be the hard cap um, for me, like as a service provider where like, you know, just time, the time for money exchange. Yeah. Um, and so before I even hit that, when I hit that 240, I started looking for ways to really dig into some skill sets that I could use to run my own businesses. And so the next year I like pitched myself doing sort of like an outsourced head of SEO thing for this one client where they were going to give me like a, you know, like a 16 K budget per month to work with, to, to grow their content marketing. So I took like a, like a 40% pay cut to go do that. Cause I thought I'd learn more doing that. Um, and I did, uh, learned a ton over that next year and a half. And then, you know, kind of switched back to freelancing for a little bit. And then with my, I was like, 
now's the time to go all in on building my own businesses, you know, with this stuff. So I, I, I stopped pretty much all freelancing at that point um, and just, you know, zoned in on, on building some things of my own. Yeah. So you, you say businesses. Uh, what are those businesses? Yeah. So um, so I have I have my the biggest one is my jacobmcmillan.com sort of brand where I teach people how to do the you know freelance writing like I did with the with really an emphasis on client acquisition because that's the thing that like I feel is the biggest bottleneck for most writers. It's not their writing skills, it's their ability to consistently land clients and it's something that I had figured out pretty quickly coming in with from a sales background and it's why you know, it's why I was 80K first first year full-time versus, you right. know, fourth, fifth year. Um, and so I, I focus mostly on that. Um, that's that's the biggest one. And then I what I started doing is um, taking, like, anywhere from, like, um, 50 to 80K and buying other websites on, like, Empire Flippers or stuff, stuff that, like, had a good SEO base. Um, I didn't want to go through the process of building it from scratch because that just takes forever. Um, right. So I'd buy ones that were, you know, already doing like one, two K a month and then just start growing them from there with SEO and better copy and stuff. So I have a little extremely random collection of these sites where I, I just like the numbers and, you know, yeah. uh, and I it's a mixture of me working on them and uh, contractors that I bring in to do pieces that I don't want to do. Are they mostly like e-commerce sites? They kind of run themselves or is it more like the staff with them or is it just a variety? So there's a um, there's a recipe blog. Um, mm-hmm. There's a like cookware affiliate blog. There's a RV rental uh, blog that I just purchased like a, a vegan recipe one. Um, I think there might be one more that I'm missing. Uh, it's 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 a little small portfolio, but uh, a lot of stuff kind of in the in the food space because I I who doesn't like to eat? Yeah, and they like it's very limited what you can do with them uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so they just like, they always have better numbers than like, I, I never go in looking to purchase another recipe blog. <laughs> I just dig into the numbers. And they always have better numbers than everyone else for what that's being asked. So I'm just like, right. I just, I just, I continually get like manipulated into buying more and more of these food blogs. Like you can't resist. It's too good. I can't resist it, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I do feel like a food, like the food blog is one of those one that it's like, it's very uh, stable in the sense of you always have new people who are getting interested in food and, and searching for recipes and searching for, you know, different kinds of things. And yeah. so I could see how that definitely could be, you know, beneficial. That's the thing. It's 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 such a high volume of mostly one off traffic and mm. nobody really knows how to make use of these visitors mm. uh, or at least the, you know, a lot of the sites I buy, they don't really know how to like connect any of those to a, a, an ongoing brand experience. So I'm always just like, man, like if, if, if I can't do anything with this, I'm going to still be getting just these massive raw traffic numbers that are just so hard to ignore coming from spaces where raw traffic's a lot harder to get, you know? Uh-huh. And then if I do, like if I could even get like, you know, if I can even get like five to 10% of these to come in and like buy a product, like that hmm. just really blows the top off the income potential. Interesting. Um, and so, so I, I haven't been able to spend as much time growing those over the last year as I was hoping to kind of combination of second kiddo. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with colic at all, but, uh, yeah. second kiddo had colic and mm, middle okay. of the pandemic. So there's a lot more I have yet to get a test. Uh, but that's why yeah. I keep buying these blogs even before I get a chance <laughs> to really, you know, <laughs> 
now with buying these blogs, is it like uh, capital that you already have, or are you able are you able to like get a loan out and buy a blog and then build it up to kind of pay off the loan? You like, there's probably a pretty good way to use loans to like leverage and get more and more of them. Um, I have like a a decent percentage of my money and like sort of higher risk uh, investments. Um, so I like kind of tried to stay under leveraged with these, with this buying, I think honestly, that's probably the way to do it. Um, but like the, the thing that led to me first buying my first ever website is I was about to drop like, you know, 60,000 on a, on a real estate purchase, like out in Oklahoma and the cash flow on this thing, you know, like the, the revenue was like 400 a month, you know, on a 60 K purchase, which is a pretty good a pretty good return for most real estate investments. Cash flow would probably be like half that. Um, but I was looking at that, going, you know, that I buy that, that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna double your rent in, you know, backwoods Oklahoma next year. Right. Um, it just it is what it is. It's stable. You know, you're probably not gonna lose the the capital you put into that. And then I'm like, I'm looking on Empire Flippers. I see this recipe blog going for 60k, and it's like. Um, you know, it's bringing in like 1700 a month, uh, very underutilized. And I was, and I'm just like, like that's, I'm, that's three times, you know, what you're making right, right. off that. And if I can grow that, it's even more. Um, right. and that's one of those sites I didn't even, I barely touched it after I bought it and it was up like 50% in revenue over the next year, you know? So it's just like, at that point, you know, you get that bug and then, you know, there's a lot of really smart real estate investors that make a lot more money than I do. But, you know, for me, I got I got suckered into this whole website thing. And, you know, so <laughs> it's worked out well enough so far that I'm just continuing yeah. to double down on it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. What um, did you ever think to, like, grow like a big agency or, you know, hire a bunch of copywriters and build a big team? I mean, was that ever something on your roadmap or has yes. it been something that, you know, running gun, you know, having a small company, um, makes sense for what you're doing. Yeah. So I actually did that for about half a year. Um, okay. after, uh, after I, I sort of did that outsourced head of SEO for that one company, we got really insane results in the first nine months. And so I pitched them on doubling that to like, you know, 35 K a month. Um, and then when they went with that, I needed, I had to kind of build a little team to deliver those those asset, you know, the deliverables for that contract. So I went out and did that, uh, got some people, got some uh, freelancers, and then eventually like a project manager to manage them. Um, and I went out and landed a few more content marketing clients as well, because they, you know, I didn't, I didn't need all the work for the one client. So I was like, hey, this is my chance to sort of go with an agency here. Did it for about six months and just absolutely hated it. <laughs> Um, it was a combination of things. One, I hated the responsibility of like, like having, I, I realized at a certain point, I really would need to go full time instead of contractor to make this work. And yeah. I just was terrified of the idea of having a bunch of people's livelihoods on my <laughs> ability to focus and make the right decisions. I discovered right. this last year that I have, uh, ADHD, which I had not oh, realized before, but I think that factors into it as well. Like it, yeah. it, it is, it's my career has always been run and gun. And it wasn't until it was comparing that against the rigidity of, you know, building an agency with multiple staff that I realized I really thrive with the, Hey, like, 
I can make a decision that blows up in my face today and just build it back tomorrow. Like no big deal, you know? Uh, Whereas with, you know, when you got a bunch of people, like I think, you know, some people do that, but for me, like I I would never be able to operate that way knowing that like my decisions are going to potentially negatively impact someone's lives. Um, So, so yeah, so it was that. And then it was also too, I really love like the actual work. You know, like I I like doing the writing. I like doing the strategy. I like digging into client problems, problems going on in my own business, um, fixing stuff. Um, And when you're running an agency, you don't really get to do a whole lot of that. Or at least for me, I, I, you know, I found most of my time was going to, you know, hiring, onboarding, managing, editing, uh, you know, fixing stuff that should have been done right if my system was better, not right. stuff that actually really needed an expert look, you know? Um, so I just kind of a combination of those things. I realized that an agency, you know, wasn't for me. It was, that was one of the more lucrative six months of my career. Like it definitely, I see the potential there in terms of, of revenue, but I, I just knew from like a, you know, a, an ongoing life satisfaction level that it just, right. it wasn't going right. to work for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, I think that's one of the most important things, right? It's like, it's not always about growing some sort of giant, you know, business and having tons of employees. A lot of it is about like, what kind of lifestyle do I want to create for myself? You know, and yeah. you know, what kind of, um, you know, experiences do I want to have and do I want to give to other people? And so, yeah, I definitely think that it's a very unique thing and it's a decision that's, um, not for everybody. Cause yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of creatives who are probably better at a lot of things than, than I am. But I think I had a passion for, you know, growing the business for networking and building relationships. And then now it's like, you know, how can I enrich my employees lives and, and how can I grow my team in order to have more impact and, and all those other kind of things. So I, I think it's, it's, it's something that, uh, the goal of every entrepreneur shouldn't be to grow a giant company and, and have hundreds of employees because maybe the goal is just to, you know, save money and pay your bills and travel with your family and, and enjoy life, you know? And so I, I always find myself like, you know, struggling with that, you know, balance of like, oh, I want this really, you know, big thing, but I also want all this autonomy and freedom. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's always that shiny thing or almost like FOMO of like, hey, that person's doing that. Maybe I should try that or maybe I should do this instead. But that's, yeah, I love, yeah, it's so important to kind of know yourself and what you really want out of things. All right, we're going to pause this conversation here. Uh, you go to the FridayHabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, Also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, Go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>